Hello everyone, hope you all been well. Today on Ghost Travelers Podcast, we'll be talking to Will. He is a caretaker for the Farrar Elementary School in Maxwell, Iowa. We'll be talking to Will about how he heard about the school and when he became the caretaker of the place. Also, we'll be talking to Will about the history and the hauntings of the school. So please join us on this journey with Will to the Farrar Elementary School. Well, thank you so much for coming on Ghost Travelers Podcast. How are you today? Doing good. It's my honor. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Um, if you could, if you could tell a little bit about my listeners about your about yourself and your how you heard about the Farrar School before you became the caretaker. Sure. Uh, I'm I'm Will Conkle. Uh, I am one of four caretakers of the Farrar Schoolhouse. Uh, for our schoolhouses in Maxwell. Before I became caretaker, I, uh, I'm a private contractor in the construction trade. So I was doing a flip house. Uh, that's where you purchase a house, fix it up, and immediately sell it. Well, it turns out it was haunted. Uh, it took us four months to redo this house. And as soon as we found out it was haunted, um, every night at cleanup for four months, we were just honing our investigative skills. Uh, then, I, uh, my day job of that was, uh, I was an HVAC uh, technician working on uh, heating, ventilation, and cooling. Uh, and the sales rep uh, at that company went out to the Farrar Schoolhouse and did a bid on the uh, furnace and AC in the gym. Well, he knew I was into uh, ghost hunting and like, and he gave me a call right after. He said, hey, listen, uh, just went out to bid on this furnace setup at a haunted schoolhouse. And uh, I said, well, haunted schoolhouse, are they getting ready for Halloween? It's July, you know? Mm-hmm. He goes, he says, no, it's it's a real haunted schoolhouse with ghosts. And I thought, you know, I told him to bid it low and I would do it for free. <laughs> we didn't get the job and uh, now I fix it for free. Uh, uh, I heard about that way and I told my kids about it. I have three adult kids. They booked a school, uh, booked a schoolhouse for me for a night of investigation uh, for Father's Day. I called and I booked the schoolhouse. I'm excited. I'm like a kid in a candy store. And uh, as I'm talking to Nancy Oliver, Jim and Nancy Oliver are the owners. They, they live on site. As I'm talking to them, to her, I'm, I'm telling her about this house I'm investigating and how exciting it is. And all she really heard from my voice was that I was a private contractor. So a couple days went by after I booked the school, and she called and said, hey, come on down. Me and Jim want to have you give us some estimates on some repairs. I go out there, and the roof was leaking. This is a three-story brick schoolhouse out in the middle of a cornfield in a small, small little town. And uh, the roof was leaking onto the stage. I said, we got to get this roof fixed or... Pretty soon you won't have any walls and it'll just come crumbling down. So I told them to 
buy the materials and I'll do it for free. And ever since I've had the front door key, that's how I become the caretaker. Uh, I'd like to touch upon something too that kind of gets left behind in a lot of people's eyes uh, because I quickly became the face of Ferrar, but I want everyone to know that there are three other caretakers. My wife, Jacqueline, my daughter, Chelsea, and my other daughter, Caitlin. They are also, they do, they, they do all the work to make me look really, really good. No, that's an interesting story. So you mentioned before, before getting into the far schoolhouse and you did paranormal investigating beforehand. Can you tell us a little bit more how you got into the paranormal world and investigating? Sure, sure. Well, I'm a, I'm an old man. I'm 54 years old. And back in the 80s, we lived in three different houses that, that had a uh, paranormal activity going on, spirits and, and uh, lights flickering and, and, and doors closing on their own. And, uh, you, you hear voices, you know. But in the 80s, um, you really couldn't talk about that uh, because you're absolutely nuts, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, and then came the onset of the paranormal TV shows. You know, uh, I would say 95% of the TV shows are kind of hogwash just to get you to come back and watch next week. But then there's that 5% that's really viable to me. You know, I think I'll try that. But I'll be honest with you, I watched all of them. Um, Had my favorites uh, nowadays uh, from what I've experienced in my life with the schoolhouse. I kind of watch them still, but I giggle a lot more. <laughs> but uh, that is probably, you know, living it in the 80s and just dealing with it, not not getting any kind of help then. You know, what was what was back in the 80s, what was the big thing? It was Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm-hmm. And then you had a show called uh, Sightings. Okay, that was pretty cool. So, People could still see episodes of that on YouTube. Just check out, just look for Sightings TV show. Uh, but that's all that was there. So you just kind of lived with it. Uh, then the, then the, the modern day TV shows came on. The, the original Ghost Hunters. Uh, then came, uh, I, I shudder to say, Ghost Adventures. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> but, uh, that was fueled my fire for the paranormal. And as, uh, as I continued watching that, this house just fell in my lap to redo. And there was no talk about it being haunted because the owner that I was doing it for, uh, that scared her. She didn't want to talk about anything like that, nor did she know it was haunted. We discovered that, you know, when you tear into a house, I'm a firm believer that you stir it up. You're oh, changing. we do too. Yeah. Uh, we uh, we changed the entire footprint of that top floor. It, it, it looks nothing like it used to. So, well, yeah, sure, that's going to, um, that's really going to stir something up, and it did. Uh, we had, uh, me and my brother and my son was working up on the first floor. Is actually just a, a, a 
just an upstairs in a basement. That's all that was there. Uh, so we were working upstairs and putting up some sheetrock. We had the radio on, and I'm over the basement stairs trying to put a attic access in. And I started, I was hearing conversation down. And I yelled at my little brother, hey, will you turn that radio off? And we all stood there silently. And we can hear conversation of like two little girls downstairs having a conversation. And we're the only ones there. It's completely dark downstairs. Uh, so we all three go down there and just go still for a little while. And it, of course, it never came back. We never heard it again that night. But what we did get, and a lot of people don't really talk about this, but we got this eerie, eerie silence. It's like complete deafness where you can just hear your own heartbeat. And um, all three of us felt that. And then all of a sudden, excitement came. Okay, something's going on here. Let's start doing this. That was the first night that we de we decided to start, you know, trying some things out that we've always seen on TV or felt like a different way of doing things. Mm -hmm. And every night, we just continued doing that. And man, I, I got to tell you, that house alone really, really, we really needed that, you know. Uh, when you got more into the paranormal world and doing construction, have you ever gone back to that house and do a full-on investigation? I have not. Um, the, the lady who's my friend, I call her a lady, but she's my good friend uh, now. Um, she was at our wedding for the love of Pete, so she's a friend. <laughs> uh, she ended up, she didn't resell it, she rented it, okay? And she has renters, uh, tenants in there. And again, like I said, she really isn't into this and doesn't really want to deal with it. So I haven't really approached her on anything like that, nor does she want to, I, I probably bring it up to the tenant because they haven't complained of any ghosts. So um, I do know that she called a, a lady priest and or a lady minister in to bless the house so uh, maybe she took care of it i don't know all right um let's get let's get back towards the farrar schoolhouse a little bit if you could can you tell us a little bit of history of what the schoolhouse was used for back when it was first opened its doors sure sure um uh, well prior uh prior to the schoolhouse it was uh and and we can get into prior to prior to this later on in the conversation of why I feel like it's haunted. Mm -hmm. uh, but prior to the schoolhouse building, it was farmland, and that the local farmer's name was C.G. Geddes. Uh, he had a huge farm that he worked. Uh, what he did was he donated six acres of his land to the local school board, which was Washington Township Consolidated. This was in 19, uh, 1919 is when he uh, donated. And he said, this is your land until, uh, up until as long as it is a, an educational facility, okay? So the school board moved all the one-room school 
schoolhouses throughout the county to the property and began to build in 1919 and in uh, took them three years and in 1922 class commenced it was k through 12. Uh, cornerstone was set in 1921 it ran it ran excuse me it ran as a K through 12 until 1954, 1958. I'm getting all messed up in my dates. 1958, and then they merged with Honduras and Bondurant and became Bondurant for our school district, which was a fourth through sixth grade. Um, they put up more walls because this the physical class size was bigger, so they needed more room. So they put physical more walls in which we've since tore down just to get it back to its original glory uh, and it ran as a four through six until 2004 when they closed the doors forever then the Olivers bought it they were going to run their business out of it and which was uh, had to do with weddings documenting uh, weddings uh, audiovisual reception hall that kind of thing like that and they, uh, they moved in, and then a local psychic by the name of Jackie Carpenter, God rest her soul, she lost her battle to cancer uh, a few years back now. She was driving by the schoolhouse and felt something a little off, so she came and knocked on the door, got with Nancy, and said, hey, listen, can we come in and investigate this place, because I feel like something's going on here. Nancy says, yeah, sure. And so Jackie, her team, Nancy, and her sister all went throughout the house, uh, schoolhouse, and investigated. Got a lot of crazy uh, light anomalies, things like that. And they went into the second floor boys' bathroom, and they got the first ever uh, evidence, if you will, of something going on. It was a little boy's voice in an EVP in disgust saying she's in the bathroom so it was a little boy with a bunch of girls in the boy's bathroom and he wasn't happy about it <laughs> uh, and ever since that time or since that time Jackie said hey listen uh, Jim and Nancy I urge you to open the doors and let people experience this uh, so Jim and Nancy did, and it's all history from there. And, you know, if it wasn't for Jackie Carpenter, we wouldn't even be talking about it right now. So God rest her soul. She was a really rich person at heart, had no money, but she was a great, great soul. And I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, she was. I, I got a little, see, when, whenever she was there, when I showed up, I had this list of things I needed to do, and I wanted to get them done, so I was just task at hand. And so I didn't get to spend a lot of time with her, but I'm, I'm just smart enough to know that that was a mistake, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about the history, what, what do you believe that why the schoolhouse is haunted do you know what caused the the first hauntings of the school okay um i'm a firm believer that something tragic doesn't have to happen for a place to be haunted a lot of people in the world believe that you know uh, 
my opinion, I believe that everything is haunted. Everyone. We all have our spirit guides. We all have our our family, loved ones that we've lost that's around us, you know. Uh, But, and there's a lot of theories thrown around about why the schoolhouse is haunted. Uh, Number one, right across the street is the cemetery. People believe they can just, they just mosey on over to the schoolhouse, you know, anytime they want, which I'm not going to deny that. Uh, I find in my tenure at the schoolhouse to never deny anything Uh, because we all in the paranormal think we know everything or or something, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, But in all honesty, until a spirit pulls a press conference, we don't know nothing. We just think we know a lot. and what I found at the schoolhouse, too, is that what I did know, what they showed me, has changed immensely to now, you know. Uh, but uh, also, there's a creek that runs the perimeter of the schoolhouse, not all the way around from the south. It runs, it runs from the north uh, to the south on the west side of the schoolhouse. Then it runs west to east on the south side of the schoolhouse. That's called Byers Branch Creek. And a, a uh, local, not local, an Illinois preacher man bought the land that is Farrar, Maxwell, and uh, Elkhart. Okay? And he was a known abolitionist. He bought that. He didn't inhabit the land. He lived in what is now called Bondurant, south uh, of the schoolhouse, about uh, probably 10 miles. He lived there. He used the land to free slaves. So the Byers Branch Creek bed is a documented uh, branch of the Underground Railroad. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we know how much energy is in there because we're still talking about today. None of us own slaves. None of us would want to. But we're still talking about it. So there's a lot of energy alone, and it's generally not good energy. Uh, So that's a theory. Um, Also, in the uh, late 50s, there was uh, said to be, and I can't find any documentation on, on it, but this is one of the theories, there was said to be a a KKK cross burning right there in the loop where the buses would turn around. Also, uh, are you familiar with the show Ghost Stalkers? I did see the episode, yes. When... Okay. Okay. Uh, for those who don't have never seen the show, uh, what their what their angle was, and that's John Tenney and, uh, uh, golly, what's his name? Uh, Actor. Chad Lindbergh. Chad Lindbergh, thank you. And David Roundtree, um, all fantastic gentlemen, man, I love them. Um, John Tinney actually uh, officiated our wedding. Pretty cool. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, but their angle on that show was they went around uh, the United States investigating locations with known portals, okay? Mm-hmm. So they believe that 
there are portals, two portals in the schoolhouse, one in what was what was known as the principal's office and one in the auditorium. And uh, so there's a good theory there. I've, I've been told by a couple psychics to look at Farrar as a train depot or an airport. You have those regulars that work there every day. They come back every day. They're there every night. And then there's the, the passerbys, the travelers. So you could be sitting there talking to a, a, a regular ghost spirit, and then all of a sudden something pops up you've never seen before. Okay, So that's a good theory. That's a good working theory. Uh, but being caretaker of a haunted location for so long, you just you become one with the building. You know some things. Uh, I had this experience that opened my eyes and it knocked me for a loop for quite a while. It took me probably a year to put the put pieces together. But when when uh, when ghost stalkers came, David Roundtree told me about this tree we have. We have this tree. We call her Grandmother Oak. She's actually an elm, so I've been uh, offending a 265-year-old elm tree for a long time. Uh, but that's still her name. And he said, and he told me that the, the Indians of the day celebrated around that tree. They worshiped that tree. Uh, and at the time, I didn't know whether I believed it or not, but like I said, I'm going to respect other people's beliefs. I'm going to be open to it. So, and I also heard that you don't really want to upset Indian spirits, correct? Yeah. <laughs> it could get pretty ugly. So I asked him, okay, look at right there. She's half dead. What do you propose I do with this tree when she does die? He said, plant uh plants or not plant uh berry tobacco leaves as an offering cut it down chop it up burn it and throw a party around it because that's what they would do the indians celebrated everything life death war everything so whether i believed it or not at the time i already agreed that i was going to do that uh that was years ago when they came she's still holding on Wow. Yeah, I had a had a psychic tell me that she gave off energy. Well, actually, a couple at random different times. She gave off an energy, and I tried to feel this energy, couldn't feel this energy, and they said that I wouldn't because I calmed the tree. I would never feel it. So I'm thinking, okay, this is this is just a big fish story then. Um, but I would, I would share and let people make up their own mind. A lot of people felt the energy. I never did. Well, what turned out to be was I wasn't open to it yet. Jumping forward, we had a two-day event. Uh, like a lot of places, we had a VIP night, which was Friday. You pay a little extra, you come in Friday. Well, on that VIP night, we did a, a tree experiment. Okay. Uh, what we did was we had a shaman there. We formed a circle near the tree, and he he beat his drum, sang Indian songs and chants. And what you got to understand was this is Iowa. 
Um, I'm pretty sure you get this in Wisconsin too. It was July, hot, sticky. Uh, we were all just dripping, dripping sweat, and the mosquitoes out of Ferrari, they'll pick you up and take you to the nest. They're so big. Well, we're sitting in this, <laughs> this uh, circle. We're swatting each other, dripping sweat. We're hitting ourselves, trying to get these mosquitoes away. Not a breeze one. Uh, felt like 110 degrees. And as soon as he was done with his last song and his last beat, he said, okay, I want you all to feel their spirit. And just as the words left his mouth, the breeze came, and it felt like an Arctic blast. And therefore, the mosquitoes gone. And then I walked out. The, the, he said, I want you guys to all go investigate the land. And as soon as we did that, I went and put my hand on the tree, and I got this zap. Like, you ever you ever had a old washing machine? You walk up and grab it to touch it. And oh, yeah. It just zaps it. Okay, it was that strong. And... Um, my wife was there, I put her hand on the tree, put mine over her, she felt it, and I went to go find him to give him a hug for opening me to it. And uh, before long, try to make it a little bit shorter, I'm back at the tree. Um, a man by the name of Dan Class, he runs the Hinsdale House in New York. He was there, and he had this uh, geoport uh, which, for those who don't know, it's a real fancy uh, speaker with uh, with LED flashing lights and everything. Um, and we were talking, they were talking through it with uh, uh, Necrophonics, an app you can get on your phone. Uh, it's a phonetic generator. And before long, I'm sitting there and what you what, what you got to what you got to understand is I I was just to set this part up. I was always I always thought all those housewives that talked to their plants were crazy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and before long, I'm sitting here having a conversation, carrying a conversation on with a tree, two hundred sixty five year old elm tree. I'm having a conversation. She's telling me something. I'm answering. Vice versa. And that kind of hits hard. If you if you think housewives are crazy for talking to plants, that hits hard when you're having a conversation with a tree. A friend of mine has a video of the whole experience, had his camera in my face most of the night, and I didn't even know it because I was going through some things. <laughs> and uh, before long, I felt pulled to my knees. And when I did, when I fell to my knees, I felt the essence of that tree from the inside out, and what was what was uh, going through my mind were pictures. She was giving me pictures, and what those are, like I said prior, I'm a, I'm a contractor by trade. Mm-hmm. Those pictures were me and my son cutting down trees for money for clients. Okay. I don't believe she was telling me that to say, you know, like, see what you've done, you jerk, right? It was to open my eyes. For the longest time, I'm mulling, over, mulling this over. How am I talking to a tree? It's a tree, right? Mm-hmm. And the shaman we had there, he said something that day that 
just resonates with me to this day. Every living thing has a soul. And that hit hard. I mean, that makes a lot of sense now. Uh, also, like, I've got, like, I'm supposed to continue her story. I'm gonna. I, you know what? People think I'm crazy. I don't care. You didn't live it, right? Uh, but I'm supposed to continue her story so she lives on, and I'm supposed to give her a grandson. And I'm thinking, what do I know about propagating a tree? <laughs> I cut him down for a living. What do I know about that? Uh, the very next weekend, a group comes. And we go work at their event. They're having an event. We go work it uh, as representatives of the schoolhouse. In that group, they become instant friends. In that group are two guys that are arborists. And they, should, they tell me how to do it. Uh, what, what are the odds of that? You know, uh, two guys that know something about propagate trees just show up randomly do an event next week I'm supposed to build or give her grandson so uh, and then when I do have to cut her down I'm going to cut it up high enough and we're going to carve the chief's head of the Bacoje Indians that's who inhabited the land I'm going to carve his face into it facing the other tree so she lives on but that is why that in my opinion, I'm going to say in my opinion, I know, but I'm going to say in my opinion, just because everybody else has different theories, is why the schoolhouse is haunted. It isn't the schoolhouse per se, it is the land that it sits on, and the schoolhouse just is. That's a neat, that's a neat story, and I do believe that before buildings and stuff has been built on the land, and I believe that hauntings usually do... Um, come on the land itself um, when you when the shaman told you uh, to investigate the land after the ceremony what kind of uh, experience and evidence have you caught um, investigating the outside well we have a, a six foot nine shadow man that roams the schoolhouse um, he, he you can see him outside you can see him inside he, he we, uh, we can get into him uh, a little bit later more but uh, also my wife has seen and she she uh, booked a schoolhouse like 15 times before I was a part of it uh, she has seen uh, orange like a orange light that looked kind of like a lantern like you hold those old time lanterns over, mm -hmm. at, the, over at the cemetery across the street uh, but you, you see shadows, uh, of course, odd sounds that, you know, kind of, you kind of have to write off just because you're out in farm country out, outside, you know, but peculiar sounds. Uh, but then you go inside and you get a whole nother spew of things, you know. <laughs> what do you believe investigators should do mostly do you think they should investigate the outside more or investigate inside the building uh with the schoolhouse i uh, it's it's up in the air it's like whatever you want to do you're not 
to be honest, if you go in there with a clean, clean mind, a clean heart, and an open mind, you're going to have an experience no matter where you're at. Uh, and the schoolhouse is more personal too. It'll give each and every individual its personal experience. Uh, some will share, but for the most part, they're personalized. Um, if you could, can you, since you work at the schoolhouse, like, and you're there all the time, like you said, taking care of the building, since uh, taking care of the maintenance, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your own personal experience at the schoolhouse of what you have seen throughout day and night? Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad you said day or night because uh, a lot of people believe that, you know, you go ghost hunting at night. Um, and in my opinion, you go ghost hunting at night because the rest of the world sleeps. So you get less interference, okay? Uh, it, it's my firm belief that ghosts don't have watches anymore and they don't care about time, you know? Uh, so, one t- I, I've got so many. And, you know, about the time we're all done with the, with the podcast, I'm going to go, oh, why didn't I tell you that story, right? Uh, so uh, one year, randomly, it's Christmas Day, and I'm at home with my wife. The Olivers went to a family function, and they have this beautiful little uh, golden doodle. Her name is Boo. Uh, just love her to death, but... They called Christmas Day, and they're at their functions, and they wanted to know, hey, would you mind swinging out real quick, let her out, back in real quick? I said, sure. So I jump in the truck, and they head out, and uh, I go in, let her out, she does her business. And, you know, big golden doodle, you got to love her real quick first. <laughs> and then uh, I start heading out the door, and I hear this tremendous loud bang. And if you're a... a, a, a an investigator or ghost hunter, whatever you want to call yourself, worth a spit, you're not you're not going to automatically think it's a ghost. You're going to make sure, you're going to investigate that. Uh, you want to try to debunk it because you want it to be real, right? Yep. Uh, so my first thought, and I'm caretaker, and this thing's it's like completely different from being just an investigator because you don't punch out, go home, and go to work. It's in your face all the time. Uh, I immediately thought somebody broke in. So I hightail it up the steps just to uh, fully assume when I'm going to find somebody in the building. I get up to the third floor, and what I found in the hallway, we have these big, giant metal cabinets. Uh, they probably weigh a total, depending on which one it is, about 100 pounds, okay? Steel cabinets. I find one of them laying down on its face. They're about, I'd say, six foot tall, four foot wide, two doors, shelves in it, you know. It was laying on its face. It's not rusty. It's not It's not top heavy. It sits solid. It's laying on its face. And I, I immediately, you know, message my wife, you, I'm not going to believe this. And I pick the thing back up. Nobody was in this. I still did a walkthrough. Nobody was in the schoolhouse. And I, I, said, I truly think what happened there was, you know, uh, in the in the wintertime, it sh- the schoolhouse is shut down. So the spirits see nobody for, what, three months out of the year, four months, uh, October to March. And I think 
has one experience, one, another experience uh, they mentioned on Ghost Doctors, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the boiler room with my team. This is early on, too. And I see shadow play down in the ash room. We've got an ash room uh, where they, back in the, back in the day, we had a coal burning uh, boiler in there. And they needed a place to shove the ash. So they'd shovel it into this room, shut the door, and suck it out the manhole. Well, I seen shadow play in there. So I go and I sit and I'm leaning on the wall. And before long, I've got this six foot nine shadow man. I'm six foot nine, by the way. So I'm looking eye to eye with the shadow man. It had deep, dark red eyes. Are you familiar with Darth Maul from Star Wars? I do. Okay, so those kind of eyes. I say, I say dark red eyes. People automatically think they're light emitting diodes, right? LEDs, but no. Uh, he was so close in my face that I could make out his his nose, his cheekbones, his whole facial structure, but he was black with the red eyes. And my team sitting out uh, could see him stare at me. And I, and I say my team, by the way, because I'm a part of it, not that I've run it, <laughs> uh, but they saw him staring at me. And that's the second time in my life that I got that feeling like it did at that other house, that complete deafness. I can only hear my own heartbeat. And they came up, and when they came up, it shot up onto the ceiling and then over in the corner, which... That wasn't cool because I can't play that game, right? I don't, I don't play by those rules. So that kind of freaked me out just a little bit. Didn't scare me. I seen the shadow man and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And then when I looked over there, I think what I seen was his true self. When he's up in the corner on the ceiling, I could see this old man, pale skin, jowls like he used to have some weight on him. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he vanished. Every my whole team seen this. I came back later that, that night and did the same thing and leaned on the other wall and he came in my face again. And I yell out, Caitlin, hey, take a picture, will you? So she snaps a picture. Now, I'm not a big believer in orbs. Are they, are they proof of the afterlife? Who's to say? I just don't get excited by it because I'm in a 100-year-old school building and it's dusty and, you know, uh, bugs in the summertime. So I'm not too excited, but I can't write this one off. I'm I'm staring in my mind. I'm staring at a six foot nine shadow man in my face, and the picture. I'm staring at an orb the size of my head. So that was kind of kind of cool there. Um, and later on, uh, she showed showed herself to me twice. A four foot solid apparition of a little girl. Okay, uh, she's backlit. My wife is in the back of the hallway, or uh, auditorium by herself. My daughters are sitting on the uh, stage, and I'm sitting there staring at the six foot nine shadow man about probably 10 feet from me. I'm looking at him. And what's really sad about being a caretaker is that the paranormal's in your face all the time, and this is the sad part. You start to get bored with it, because you see it all the time, right? So, most people are going to think I'm crazy when I say this. So, I'm turning away from the shadow man because I'm getting bored. As I'm turning, my wife said, did you just hear a little girl giggle? And with a quick, if 
flash on and off of the flashlight my daughter did. I don't know if she was going to see a ghost. I don't know why she did that. <laughs> but I turned into that four-foot solid apparition of a little girl. And then I acted inappropriately, and I jumped left into those metal lockers I told you about earlier. <laughs> and then I started laughing at my reaction. Well, when I jumped left, she went away. My team didn't know what was going on. <laughs> they were worried until I started laughing like a schoolgirl, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, that's what, you know, a six foot nine shadow man is really cool, but a little girl scares the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, I believe uh, uh, if you would be scared of something, I would think like an apparition like that. But uh, who do you believe that the six foot nine shadow man is? That's funny you asked that. As, uh, there's a fun story about that. John Tenney, most know of him, but uh, if you don't know John Tenney, I, I suggest you look him up. If he ever has a, uh, a, a speech, that, well, not speech, but uh, an event that he does, I, I highly recommend you go because as soon as John Tenney opens his mouth, he's going to blow your mind. Okay? Uh, I, I previously told you that he, he officiated our wedding. And this was well after Ghost Doctors came. He gave me a print of the, uh, the shadow man that he drew on the show, that they show on the show for mm -hmm. our wedding. It was awesome. But on the day of our wedding, before before we get started, I you know I'm, I'm a wreck. I was basically the bridezilla because I wanted it perfect. Uh, he says, "Hey, Will, I got a I got a theory on a, on a shadow man. You want to hear it? It's going to blow your mind." <laughs> he says. I don't have a mind. I'm getting married. I'm done. Uh, but he said, if you can, if you die and you can go anywhere, why not any time? Then he puts his hands up. Why is he six foot nine? Right, the same size as me. Uh, it looks like my shadow. He believes it's future me. I've died and came back to this time to haunt. It, it, it's it's kind of a actually a working theory because you know nobody's ever gotten an EVP from him. He, he extremely dislikes provoking. I, I can't stand it. Uh, he follows me around as I'm doing any jobs. And I could see I could see me messing with myself, you know, because uh, I'm kind of a kook that way. And he's grabbed my wife's behind. I can see myself doing that. <laughs> so that's that's John Tenney's theory that the shadow man is future me. Wow, that's a good that's an interesting theory. Well, I think that's all for for this uh, evening. Do you have um, any social media or a website that you would like to throw out for people can reach out to you or to the schoolhouse? Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, it's haunting at Farrar dot com. That's F A R R A R. And uh, you can go on the events page there. We This year, she turns 100 years old, technically. And we're going to have a 100-year-old birthday bash. Uh, we're going to have Richard Estep. He's a good uh, paranormal author. Uh, he's going to be a special guest. Uh, also, that's, that's July 5th, I believe. Uh, and... CNH, uh, my team has 
uh, study hall uh, in uh, May 1st. Uh, that's a ghost hunting event. Also, C&H Paranormal, C&H Paranormal, uh, that would be our Facebook page. And I'll put all those links in the bottom of the description of this uh, podcast episode as well for the, my listeners can easily find those websites for you. I really appreciate that, my friend. And, I, and again, it's been an honor. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, everyone, this is PJ, your host for Ghost Travelers Podcast. Um, take care and travel safe. I would like to say thank you to Will about coming on Ghost Travelers Podcast. If you'd like to know more about the Florida Elementary School, please head over to hauntingsatflar.com. I will also put the link in the bottom of this description of this episode as well. If you like this episode of Ghost Travelers Podcast, please give it a positive rating and leave a comment down below and tell us how we did. And also, Please consider on hitting that subscribe button for new episodes on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays for you don't miss a new episode. Thank you for listening. This is your host, PJ, for Ghost Travelers Podcast. Take care and travel safe.